Well, hey, we got a, we got a guest here today who is, uh, he is a guest, but he's also family. Um, Jen's been coming here. I, I think you were here the first year we got the church going, I, and probably so, if not very shortly after that. And uh, Jim Baker comes uh, from Columbus, Ohio. Let's just stretch our hands towards him right now. Lord, just help the wretched crimson and white. If, if you can save us, Lord, you could probably save them in Jesus' name. Anyways, he's in Columbus, and uh, him and his wife Mary are leading a church there for 10 years now. And uh, Jim is just, uh, and his wife are just, they've become dear friends and, and uh, great friends of the house. Um, one of the things I love about Jim and Mary is that they're fully convinced about who God is. Fully convinced. And what that basically means is that they're willing to take risk and to go out there and represent the truth of the kingdom. And, and, uh, and so they've seen lots of fun stuff. I'll let him talk about that. But uh, how many guys have ever heard Jim speak before? Raise your hand. All right, that's great. First timers, raise your hand. All right. Hey, this, all right, they've heard you, Jim. A lot of them have heard you great. Um, if, you, uh, if you haven't heard of Jim or don't know, he has a couple of books. You can go get those on Amazon. Uh, specifically, Jim was here in April talking about finances, how heaven invades your finances. It's a great read. Go grab that. I don't think you have uh, resources tonight with us, right? He doesn't have any here, okay? So if you're looking for resources, Amazon, right? I'm not lying. Okay, Amazon, you can do that. And, uh, or zionequip.com. Did I get that? Baker's Equip. Okay, we're expanding the territory. All right, so make sure you guys go do that. Get his books, get his resources, and uh, he'll talk more about that as well. But, you know, it's always weird when you talk about your own resources, so I'm going to do it for him. Anyway, so we're just, like, so honored. One of the things that Jim carries is just breakthrough and getting people free in their mind about healing and, and about the supernatural. We're going to go after a little bit of that today. How many of you guys have enjoyed our Supernatural series this month? Hasn't been so good. All of our speakers have been in and have been great. And so we're just honored to have Jim here with us. And so with a good old Generation 1 Metro Detroit welcome, let's just give it to Jim Baker right now as he comes. Amen. Man, oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> was that a cat call I just heard? What was that? Man. <laughs> oh man, oh man. What is going on in this place? My gosh, you guys have gone crazy. I love it. It's just like, man, just more presence and more hunger. And so it's always uh, fun to be in a place that's hungry. And uh, what I love about Drew. And, you know, you go out with some pastors, and their, their goals, I'm sorry, they're just a little lame. Some, you know, it's just like, you know, hey, we're, we're going to try to grow the church by 10%. I'm out eating with Drew, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, we're after reformation in every sphere. We've got a 10-year commitment to this neighborhood. He's got, all, he's got, like, this list of stuff. I'm like, what is it? Like, I don't know. It's just his thinking is on a different level, you know. And so I just appreciate a pastor whose heart is bigger than their own church, and it's actually for that. And so um, so appreciate that. So good. And a guy who loves his wife. I mean, my gosh, like the way he talks about his wife behind her back, it's, uh, it's just refreshing. It's just good. So it's just good here. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, I, I'm a little intimidated. So many of you have heard me speak before. And so uh, I'm afraid I have to come up with some fresh manna here on the spot. So uh, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. So I'll probably, I'll probably begin and end the same, but you know, maybe I'll start a little different here, Lee. So um, how about we start with the book of Job? Don't you just love the book of Job? What if Job's actually one of the most encouraging books of the Bible and you've just read it wrong? You guys ready for this? 
how about I prove to you from Scripture that all, se- all, all ten of kids' jobs that died were raised from the dead. You guys ready for that? I know that sounds like a good way to start it. Job chapter 1. You thought I was kidding, didn't you? I'm about to release a Job anointing on you guys because here's the deal. If, um, if you're not, uh, see, Satan made him sick, God made him well. If you're not healed, you're not having a Job experience. If you're not getting everything back that was lost, you're getting double, you're not having a Job experience. Did you hear what that, hear what that verse said? Job got back everything that was lost and then got it double. So let's look at it. Job chapter 1, we found out that Job has seven sons and three daughters. How many does he have? Seven sons, three daughters. I just find it fascinating. He's going to give us the, the, uh, 7,000 sheep. He has 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. I was reading this one day and uh, just doing some personal devotions in Job like we all do. You know, it's like one of our favorite books to go through. That and Leviticus. It's just like, thank you, Lord. We, just, we, we all love Leviticus 15, a whole chapter on what to do about women's menstrual cycles. It's just like, thank you, Jesus. It's so powerful that he wrote a whole chapter about our plumbing. He just is such a good God, you know. And so I'm reading, uh, I'm reading through this, and I'm like, God, why are you, like, giving such specifics? You know, like, the Bible doesn't, like, just do stuff just to do stuff. I'm like, like 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. So I, I'm reading along. Then I get to chapter 42, verse 10, and it says, so, okay, if you don't know the story of Job, here's what happened. Job is blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, God, there's kind of like this cosmic test case. Satan's just, like, coming, and it's like, of course you are blessing Job. And, and so anyway, so Satan attacks Job, uh, kills his kids. Kills his herds, just 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 it's a massive thing. And then you've got uh, like thirty something chapters of just bad theology. A lot of people try to get their uh, theology from the Book of Job. It's interesting. Um, in chapter thirty six, Elihu tells the other guys, uh, the young man Elihu says, "Everything you guys said was wrong." And then God comes on the scene and says, "Elihu was right, and Job was wrong." So, so a lot of people are like, trying to get theology out of Job. Most of the Book of Job is wrong according to God. They're like, well, you know, all these mysteries. They're like, no, they're not mysteries. They didn't know who God was. Okay, and then God comes on the scene and is like, Job, uh, brace yourself like a man. If God ever says, brace yourself like a man, oh, baby. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to hear those words, you know. There's lots of words I don't want to hear. And like, like five more push-ups. Like, I, like, like, like I don't, there's lots of words I don't want to hear. And so, um, so, there's, so there's this terrible story. Job's trying to figure it out. And basically there was two mistakes made in the book of Job. One was that his friends blamed Job. Blame Job. Um, Job, they said it must have been some secret sin. Why aren't you so glad the church doesn't fall into these same traps? Oh, Job, you must not have had enough faith. Man, geez. And so, and then Job makes a mistake. He blames God. Boy, is this looking familiar to anybody? I can't even, I can't even explain to you how many people have something horrible go wrong. I just don't know why God's allowing this to happen. Listen, he gave you authority over every sickness and every disease. He put a gun in your hand and told you to shoot it. Still kill and destroy is someone else's job description. Okay, so Job, yeah, there's lots of things about Job. First of all, he didn't have the authority that we had. But anyway, and so, um, so things are going bad. God says, brace yourself like a man. And then God gives him the truth. He's like, hey, where were you when I formed the heavens? Where were you when I was, I could measure the galaxies with my hand span? Where were you when I formed the depths of the sea? You know, like, he's just showing him, like, you know. Here's some good theology for you. You guys ready for this? This is really good theology just to help you. Big God, little man. That little thing will just take you a long way in this earth. Okay? Yeah, I mean, one, one good definition of worship is just awe. It's just like when you really see him. It's interesting. In the New Testament, 
there was really only two reactions to Jesus, okay? Their mouths were wide open, not because they were yawning. They were, so they, they, were, um, they either wanted to kill him or they wanted to leave everything and follow him. When you see Jesus clearly, that's going to be your only two reactions. So if you're kind of like bored and apathetic, um, I'm going to pray a prayer over you right now that Paul prayed for somebody else. He actually, we pray this prayer for ourselves, but Paul actually prayed, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. That's a prayer you can pray for somebody else, not just yourself. And so I, I, I pray for myself all the time. I'm just praying that God will give us that revelation. So Job, he's bracing himself. God's just basically saying, listen, Job, um, uh, I didn't consult you. Oh, this sounds, ooh, I like this. I need one of these at home. Kids, the dishes need emptied. It might work. Anyway, so he says, uh, you know, he's saying, Job, like, you know, I didn't consult you when I did the universe. Like, you don't understand how things run here. And so then we kind of get the rest of the story in chapter 42. And so we see in 42.10, so remember, so seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys. God restored everything that was lost and then gave him double. And then he begins to name the double. You ready for this? 14,000 sheep. Went from seven to 14,000. 6,000 camels. It went from 3,000 to 6,000. You're beginning to see like how important these numbers were at the beginning in chapter one. Now the way that the last chapter, chapter 42. Um, 500 yoke of oxen, now 1,000 yoke of oxen. 500 donkeys, 1,000 donkeys. And then it says he gave him seven sons and three daughters. I want you to get this. Zero plus 10 is not double. 10 plus 10 is double. How many kids did he start off with? Seven sons, three daughters. How many, then what happened? Every, he restored everything that was lost and gave him double. And he names double of everything and names seven more sons, three more daughters. How are we doing? It works in every translation. The NIV, the NLT, it works in every, I can't wait to see what the Passion Translation does with this thing. Guys, I want you to get this deeper. What, what if God's better than you thought? I was thinking about this one time, and I was, uh, the story of Abraham came to mind. Remember Abraham, he's going to sacrifice Isaac, and we find out in the book of Hebrews that Abraham determined that even if he killed his son Isaac, God could raise him from the dead. And I felt like the Lord said, where do you think he got the faith for that? I thought, man, I don't know. So I was like, God, where did you get the faith? Where did he get the faith for that? I don't know if you guys know this. The story of Job comes before Abraham. I believe Abraham got the faith for Isaac to be raised from the dead because he knew the story of Job. Thank you. Thank you for that. I feel like I'm in the Wild West. Yeah. All right. Are we doing okay? All right. That's enough about Job. A lot of people, they come up with a lot of excuses to not believe the clear teaching of Scripture. Well, what about Job? What about Paul's thorn in the flesh? What about Jesus? I mean, like, seriously, like, I don't think Paul's thorn in the flesh is tricky, but people will try to take something unclear and have that supersede the clear teachings of Scripture. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? He said what it was. It was a messenger of Satan. It, a lot of people try to say it was Paul's eyesight. And, um, uh, have you guys ever heard that? Paul had bad eyesight. You know, that's why he wrote, the, see what large letters I write. I can prove to you Paul did not have bad eyesight. You guys ready for this? Timothy let Paul circumcise him. (laughs) 
We're going to have to figure out, are we going to get our the Are we doing okay? Daddy, what's circumcision? Ask your mother. Yeah. Man, I'm not getting any of my notes here. I'll tell you what. You know what I'm saying, though? People come up with all these crazy excuses to not believe the clear teaching of Scripture. Jesus is like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Guess what? Perfect theology comes from looking at Jesus. He only did what he saw his Father do. He only said what he heard his Father say. When you see Jesus, you're seeing the heart of the Father. So let's see. How did he, how did he handle sickness? He healed every person who came to him without exception. Well, hold on, Jim. What about that one person? Not in the Bible. You see what I'm saying? If we want to learn about healing, we're going to have to get it from Jesus. And we never see him lay hands on somebody and say, oh, <laughs> it's not my timing. Like, I can't, like, where do people get this? Oh, it must not have been God's timing. Okay, I'm going to ask you a trick question, and I'm going to ask you to not answer because you're going to get it wrong. Normally, if this was my church, I would uh, spiritually abuse them and ask them questions that I know they get wrong and take great pleasure in it when they're wrong. But, um, <laughs> but since, I'm at you, since I'm at a friend's church, I'm going to be a little bit nicer. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like saying in closing, and it's like, <laughs> I'm not closing at all. Let me give them false hope. So, so in closing, um, <clears throat> here's a trick question. So who is in control of healing, you or God? <laughs> I told you not to answer. It's not God. It's not God. When did people in the Bible get healed? When they came to Jesus. <laughs> there's lots of lepers in the Bible. And there's one in Matthew chapter 8 that came to Jesus and says, if it be your will. He's the only person in scripture that wasn't clear about the will of God. I can understand why lepers, they weren't allowed to, you know, they had to yell, you know, unclean. They weren't allowed to be close. It wasn't like they were accepted into society. So he didn't really get the full picture. But he heard enough about his goodness that made him risk it all, break protocol, so that he could come and be in the presence of Jesus. And, um... And what happened? Uh, uh, Jesus uh, stomped his foot and said, of course I'm willing, be made whole. Okay, it was, it was just, there was that, you almost see that holy anger and that holy compassion mixed together. And it's like, how could you think anything else? Okay. There was lots of other lepers in Israel. There was only one who got healed that day. Guys, God is not up there on a case-by-case -case basis and you're hoping to hit the spiritual lotto and win the healing thing. Every, every blessing of the Bible is received by grace through faith. Typically, people will fall into one of those camps and never put the two together. Sodium by itself is poisonous. Chloride by itself is poisonous. When you put it together, it becomes salt. It's essential for your life. Faith by itself is deadly. Grace by itself is deadly. You put them together and you can receive the things that Jesus paid for. So the grace camp, you know, the grace is this. Before you were ever born, God loved you so much that he said, I want to reverse every effect of sin. I'm going to come and die in their place. I'm going to reverse every effect of sin, and I'm going to go to the heart of the Father. When they get saved, they're going to get joined to me, so they're going to be in the bosom of the Father, so God can delight to treat them as if they were Jesus himself. God is not dealing with you based on your behavior. He's dealing with you based on Jesus' behavior. Okay, that's the good news of the gospel. You're not a sinner because you sin. You're a sinner because you had a sin nature. You're not righteous because you do righteous things. You're righteous because you got a new nature, and it's righteousness. You're either in Adam, hot mess, generational curses, sure, why not? There's just a whole bunch of mess there. But that person died and was put into Jesus. There's no curses in his line. You can be cursed if you want to, but you don't have to be. Especially since no one in the entire Bible 
tried to break a curse. You know, anyway, so I'm not going. I already did, but I'm not going to go there. Stop looking for reasons to stay sick. There are none. Your biggest hindrance to healing is that you believe there's a hindrance to healing. Anything that you insert in there, well, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough anointing. I don't know the scripture. I don't have a healing mantle. I don't have the gift of healing. Blah, blah, blah. I get, you know, I got issues. My, my issues have a subscription to issues. And just whatever the thing is. Not, every person who came to Jesus had issues. These were old covenant believers who had to still offer sacrifices. And guess what? 100% of them got healed. Why? Because they came in the presence of God's will. His son. God only heals people who don't deserve it. And so much of the church is trying to deserve it and give God reasons to bless them and to say yes. And the Bible calls it dead works and say you're cut off from grace. We have to come by grace, which means, God, I am completely throwing myself in the fact that Jesus paid for this. If, listen, if you f think there's 1% reason why you're going to get blessed, you're going to focus on that 1%. That's human nature. And the Bible says that's dead, dead works. And so I look at it like this. I, I think I shared some of this last hour here. But I've been up since 4 something this morning and uh, got on a plane from Texas to fly here. So um, I'm just happy to be making complete sentences right now, okay? I'm one of those unique people that needs 12 hours of sleep. And so I'm just kidding about that. I'm like 13. And so um, what am I talking about here? Where am I? How did I get here? And so grace, thank you. Grace is God knowing we were going to blow it, setting up a plan, because his plan has always been to bring you into his family, to bring you into his presence. See, God loves Jesus so much, he's going to fill the entire universe with lookalikes of the sun. Everything you love about Jesus, that's who God's making you into. He's conforming you into the image of his son. That's always been his plan from the beginning. Not that you would be God, that you'd be godly. And you're going to get to join the family business. It's interesting, the very last line, uh, or one of the last verses of the Bible, it talks about how in heaven there will be no more light. For God himself will be our light. It's just an amazing picture. Just every breath will be in his presence, and every thought will be a prayer, and will just be this amazing intimacy where God himself will be our light. And it, and it says, um, and we will reign with him. <clears throat> Isn't that interesting? I think a lot of people think heaven's going to be like this really long church service. Listen, I've been in some good church services, but... After a couple thousand years, I'm just going to admit, like, no. <laughs> like, no church service is that good. You're not, in heaven, you're actually going to be ruling and reigning the universe with God. And what you're doing here on earth is you're training for reigning in eternity. All right, that was free. So I, I want you guys to get this. And so everything, so a lot of people, they, they look at just the grace side and they say, listen, if it's going to be... It's, you know, uh, it's up to sovereignty. And so they're expecting, listen, what if, oh, this is good. Okay, this is about to get good. I meant to say this. <sighs> I just ate a bunch of chocolate, and I haven't done sugar in a long time, and I feel like I'm losing my mind right now, but it's exciting. So <laughs> what if you received Jesus as your healer the same way you received him as your savior? What is going on with this? Like, is R2-D2 on the front row? What is happening right there? Anyway. So uh, <laughs> I love this church. It's just I don't even know what's happening right now. See, here's how the Bible says you receive from God. Believe and then receive. 
Okay? Most Christians are doing it backwards. They're waiting to receive their healing, then they'll believe they're healed. I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. Oh, those are just lying symptoms. No, they're genuine symptoms, and when you're healed, they'll go away. I'm not talking about this hocus-pocus. you got to say it right, even though you don't really believe it, but if we confess it enough times, maybe it'll eventually be true. You guys know what I'm talking about if you've been in a charismatic church. I'm not talking about this, this speech gymnastics that we've got to do. Okay? It's believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. No, it's not confess with your mouth and maybe you'll believe it in your heart. It's when those two things line up, it's actually powerful. It's believe and then receive. So many Christians... Imagine if you approach salvation that way. All right, I, uh, when I feel saved, then I'll know he's my No, 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 that's not how it happened. You recognize there is nothing I can do to save myself, to make myself right with God. And you saw Jesus, you, before I was ever born, you're my Savior. And I now receive that. Before you had the experience of salvation, you had the belief in the salvation. Okay? Guys, this is the same way it works for healing. Before you are ever healed, you have to receive him as your healer. So many people are focusing on healing. I've got to get healed. I, uh, I still feel some symptoms. Oh, no. It went away. Oh, no. What if it comes back? And then you're focusing on healing. Faith comes from looking at the healer. And you have to receive him as your healer before you ever receive the healing. You believe and then you receive. So many people, they're checking their symptoms. I don't know. What if it doesn't work? Faith looks at Jesus. It doesn't look at anything else. I, I think I hit this last time, or last time, like a couple hours ago in a session. Old Covenant faith is in the book of Hebrews 11. And a lot of people think this is how we're supposed to believe. So there's a chapter in there in uh, Hebrews 11. It says, like, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Enoch. By faith, by faith. And they basically, they received a promise. And out of their willpower, they stepped in obedience into that. And that's what a lot of people think faith is. It's just... I believe it, I believe, I, you know, I believe, I believe. They're just doing everything they can to, to convince themselves to get into this emotional state where I, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? Does anyone else know what I'm talking about here? Have you ever tried to have more faith? It's really hard. Well, you just need to have more faith. Well, thank you for that. You know, should I, should I gain 10 pounds of muscle while we're at it too? Just, just by thinking it. No, you, you can't think your way into that, okay? Here's how faith comes. So the book of Hebrews is set up really unique. I am all over the place tonight, so if you're trying to take notes, God bless you. Let's just title this message, Random Thoughts on Christianity, and well, that'll probably be a good one. So the book of Hebrews is set up like this. The word better really sets up the whole book of Hebrews, and so how are we doing? And so somebody's, I, I thought we, someone's coming down for salvation here for a second. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this church is so hungry. So here's the book of Hebrews. It's the word better. So chapter 1, it says that Jesus is better than the angels. For which of the angels did he say, you're my son, come sit at my right hand? He says Jesus is better than Moses. All the institutions that Judaism was putting their reliance on, he's showing Jesus was better than them. Jesus is better than Moses. Moses had the law come with, sign, with um, angels, but he said that uh, Jesus had his words come through signs and wonders. And it says he's got better promises. It's a better covenant. Better, 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 all the way through. So guys, when we get to 11... By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. By faith, by faith. And they, they got the word, and they, they, with their willpower, they just obeyed, just raw obedience. Here's the last part of uh, Hebrews 11. But there's a better way. He's about to tell us New Testament faith. He goes to chapter 12, and he says, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. From start to finish, you keep your eyes on Jesus. It's interesting, and, and um, he talks about a, a running a race, you get the prize. And it's a, so here's this picture. In, uh, in Roman days, when they had a running race, 
they, uh, the, the, the Caesar or the emperor, whoever was kind of the head of the, of, the, of the thing at the time, he had a special box. And the runners, when they, uh, when they ran by him, they had to keep their eyes on him. But then they could run the rest of the race. Keep their eyes on him, run the rest of the race. And so he picks up this imagery of us keeping our eyes on the prize. It's this runner, we're running our race, and our job is to fix our eyes on him. There is a gift of faith, but all faith is a gift. And that gift of faith comes from fixing our eyes on Jesus. And when I see how amazing he is, when I just, I like to say like this, I just stay fascinated with Jesus. And then, uh, and that's where faith comes from. Uh, there's a verse in uh, Psalm 23 in the Passion Translation that says, he is my delicious feast. I mean, that's rich. So how are you going to get faith? Let's say you've got a difficulty with your family coming on. You've got a difficulty, listen, you're going to, when you see Jesus, faith comes. It's like, oh, I know what he's going to do. He, he's so much better than I thought. Let me, I'll just use kind of a radical example for you. And uh, so I got asked to speak at, uh, at a, there's a liberal arts university called Denison University in our state. And the, I'm, I'm about to show you a situation which I had no natural faith. I had to look at Jesus to get the faith. They're, they're like, actually, that's every illustration. But anyway, so, um, so they had a, a, a class called World Religions. And so they had like a Wiccan and a witch came in and a Hindu. And they're doing weird chanting over the students, all sorts of weird stuff. And I guess they brought in another pastor, but it, I guess it didn't go all that well. And so one of our girls is like, hey, can my pastor come in and talk about the powerful God of Christianity? I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, did you have to put it like that? Like, like, how am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to, like, show up with the powerful God of Christianity? Couldn't I just do some little talk? Anyway, so I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's how I was thinking. And it wasn't one of my best days, okay? So stop looking at me in that tone of voice. And so, um, and so I go there, I bring one of our guys. And so, you know, they're, you know they don't believe in God at all. Uh, the professor, um, uh, I, I don't want to talk about it in case this is recorded. Anyway, so, the, uh, so, so go there, and I'm doing my little talk. Jesus is the most normal Christian who ever lived. Jesus did miracles. They could care less what I'm saying. So I started sharing some testimonies of, um, of a girl who's extremely short for age with cerebral palsy. Our people pray for and one leg, and a target. They pray for a target. One leg grows out. The other leg grows out. The other leg grows out. She gets seven to eight inches taller, gets out of the wheelchair with no more cerebral palsy at target. Parents fall on their knees praising God. I told a story about a, a kid who was hit by a truck as a result, was mentally retarded, hadn't walked or talked in 15 years. Two of our guys see him in the mall food court, ask the parents for permission. They pray for him, but for about 15 minutes, like his ankle came alive and his knee he ends up getting out of the wheelchair in the mall food court and walking and talking. Parents fall on their knees, begin praising God. So I'm just kind of just giving them these stories. And they're looking at me like, yeah, right. And so I'm like, man, like. And so these are just the words that came out of my mouth. I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, I'm going to talk for about five more minutes. And then I'm going to bring up somebody here who's sick. And if I pray and nothing happens, you'll know that I've been lying this whole time. And I said, if I pray and something happens, you'll know I'm telling the truth. As these words came out of my mouth, I was like, come back. Like, don't say it. And so I look at the guy who's with me, and he just shrugs his shoulders. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened there. So I'm like, I'm not really sure what I believe about the rapture, but now would be nice. Like, uh, now. Like, receive my spirit, you know. And so uh, we get done. And so I'm like, okay, who's first? And so I'm hoping, like, you know, like, uh, I got, like, a little back pain, but if I stretch, it'll feel better. So this girl comes up in crutches, and she's got a cast on from her, uh, from her hip all the way down to her ankle. And my, uh, hold on, get ready for the whistle noise. Um, my, fa- my faith goes like this. Is it, where's the whistle noise when I need it? Come on. Yeah, that's what my faith did right there. 
And so um, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. So I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? And uh, so I'm a, I'm a uh, volleyball scholarship athlete at the campus here. And two days ago, I'm like, two days ago, I had surgery on my torn meniscus and blah, 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 blah. And so, uh, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> multiplication. Are they doing Jericho laps around here? Don't, do, don't, don't let them hit number seven. Do not let them hit seven times around. Bad things happen at number seven. Just saying. So I'm standing there, and I've just made these ridiculously bold claims about the gospel that are absolutely true. Remember Jesus said, um, when I come back on earth, am I going to find faith? Yeah, what's he saying? Is anyone going to take me seriously? So I'm standing there, and I'm beginning to feel the performance anxiety of, oh my gosh, what have I done? And, uh, and so the only way I can describe it, I, 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 I use this description, is I harden my heart to the fact that there's all these people there. I harden my heart to the fact that I've just made these claims, and I fixed my eyes on Jesus. So I did this in seconds. It wasn't like, give me a second. You know, like, ooh. You know, there, was, there was none of this weirdness. But I'm just, I'm getting ready to pray, and I just lock in with the Lord. I just, I feel his goodness. It's like, God, I know you're awesome. I know what you would do in this situation. And so I just put my hand underneath. I said, in the name of Jesus, knee be healed. Um, just, if you're just being honest, anything more than two or three sentences, you're usually trying to convince yourself. Jesus' prayers look like this. Stretch out your hand. Take up your mat. Little girl, wake up. Eyes be opened. Here's one of Paul's longest prayers. The Lord Jesus heals you. Okay? And so it's not a matter of semantics or formulas. It's just recognizing you've got this authority, and it's not by your words getting the cosmic tumblers of heaven to somehow line up. He gave you the power of attorney to act on his behalf. When you use his name, you're acting on his behalf, and he comes and acts with you. Okay? That's what it means when you use his name. It's the power of attorney, and he himself comes and backs it up. That's why the centurion was, I'll get back to the girl here in a second. That's why the centurion was so blown away. He says, um, remember the, Jesus is like, um, hey, I'll come and pray for your, uh, for, your, uh, for your servant. This guy wasn't even a Jew. He didn't even have a covenant. And, um, and he says, no, you don't need to do that. He says, I see how this thing works. When you speak, you're acting on the will of another person. He said, that's the same way I do it. I tell these soldiers, jump. They say, how high? Basically, that's what he's saying. Why? Because he's acting on the will of Rome, and he knows he's got the authority of Rome backing him up. He says, I see the same thing with you. When you speak, all of heaven moves behind you. Jesus was not showing us how special he was. He was showing us how the life in the kingdom works. Well, Jim, how do I, how do I get to this level? You get saved. Okay, and so that's the entrance into it, and we get this whole, the whole rest of our lives of all eternity, God's going to be expanding what it means to be saved. It's just it's an unlimited treasure, and you can explore and spend your inheritance as much as you want on planet Earth. And then you get rewarded for him working through you. So this girl's up there. I'm hardening my heart. I'm staying fascinated with him. In the name of Jesus, be healed. I said, check it out. So when I am say check it out, here's what I'm picturing. Like, like T tenderly, like, like, like tiptoe, maybe put like a little bit of weight with the crutches. Mm -mm. She throws the crutches down, hobbles on the back of a chair. I'm thinking, lawsuit. <laughs> I'm like, it's been a good run, but you know, <laughs> we can live in the truck. And so, um, so she hobbles there, and so she still hasn't put any weight on this thing yet. She drops her butt cheeks to her ankles. Boom goes all the way down and starts wiggling back and forth like this, 
comes back up. And I don't know if you've ever prayed for somebody and they've been healed, but you can see it in their eyes. You can just see the, the, like the shock and the joy. And she looks at her teammate and says, I'm healed. And the class, you've got to understand, they're, they're, this isn't a church crowd. And this joy builds up, and they just start cheering. The class is like cheering. They're looking at each other like, did you just see that? Okay. I'm just going to tell you how it happened. This is, uh, so on the inside, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to, they're not going to kill me. This is awesome. And so, like, we get to live in our house, you know. <laughs> on the outside, I'm playing it cool. This is honest to God what I did. I said, next. <laughs> I totally did. So I did. The next person comes up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so not me. So the next person comes up, and he pulls up his sweatpants, and he's got a bruise the size of a head. He had been playing uh, rugby, and he got a huge Charlie horse. He comes limping up. We pray for him. The bruise disappears in front of everybody's eyes. <laughs> next. Next person comes up healed. Next. So I'm acting like this is how we do it every day, you know. <laughs> I wish it was. I tell you that to say this, guys. New Testament, guys, I don't have the faith for any of that stuff. Okay? I mean, I, I mean I, you know, I'm a dork on my best days. But the, the good stuff happens from just focusing on Jesus. You know, healing is only difficult if you think you have a whole bunch to do with it. I, I, I use, I'm just going to keep using illustrations from two hours ago. But remember when you were a little kid? And you're like, ah, ah. And then, like, your dad comes and helps you lift it. And you think you're, like, lifting something really heavy, but dad's doing all the work. That's healing. <laughs> but instead of going, ah, ah, they go, in the name of Jesus. He says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's just lay, waiting for somebody to believe it. Well, what if they don't have enough faith? What if this and this and this? Lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. And if they don't recover right away, maybe they'll be like what happened to Jesus with the ten lepers. As they went, they were healed. Guys, don't get discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. Some Christians' uh, faith doesn't last through the prayer because they're waiting to receive before they'll believe. But I got a feeling this is a different kind of group. Guys, someone's going to have to pioneer this stuff. Someone's going to have to wait and step into that heavenly realm, stay fascinated with Jesus, pray, and if nothing happens, they continue to stay fascinated because they know it's impossible to sow something and not reap something. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. It's impossible for you to sow something in the spirit in faith and reap nothing in return. It's a mockery of God for you to believe that. So if you pray and nothing, uh, but there's more whistles. I love this place. I don't even know what's happening. I get distracted so easily. It's insane. It's the chocolate. And so, um, yeah, I better take a drink here. So. I'm still on page one of my notes. This is insane. Guys, what if it's just easier than you thought? New Testament faith, fixing your eyes on Jesus, staying fascinated with Jesus, and then faith comes out of that. I hear so many people say this, well, Jim, I fasted, I prayed, I've been confessing the scriptures, I've been doing this. I'm like, well, you just told me the whole problem. I, I, I. Faith doesn't have the language of I. Faith has the language of look what he did. Jesus you're gonna, I want you to get everything you paid for. Okay, say this with me. Healing is not my idea. Healing is God's idea. I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince me. Let's say it again. Healing is not my idea. Healing is God's idea. 
I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince me. There's a, there's a translation of the Bible called the Amplified Bible. I'm, I am circling in for a landing. I'm not closing yet, but I am circling. For, I can feel the fumes in the plane. They're getting a little, they're getting a little sparse. And so, and so um, it, it says this in John 1.18. No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father has declared him, has brought him out. I'm going to replace the pronouns with the word Jesus. I want you to get this. Jesus Christ has declared the Father. Jesus Christ has revealed the Father, brought the Father out where the Father can be seen. Jesus Christ has interpreted the Father, and Jesus Christ has made the Father known. I believe that Jesus Christ is the best-kept secret in the American church. So many people are looking for some extra mantle or some angel to come and change their name. You are no longer called Drew. From now on, you shall be called Warrior. Yes, Father, I've been waiting for this. So many people are waiting for some crazy encounter. Listen, gang, we love crazy encounters. Okay, but those crazy encounters are only going to have you step into deeper of what he already paid for. It's going to open your eyes. It's going to give you more faith. You know what impartation is? It's you throwing gas. It's the, it's the grace on your life that acts as gas to the fuel that's already been there the whole time. You're not getting anything new. You have Jesus. You got it all. Colossians 1 says something interesting. It says, um, Jesus is the, uh, the complete image of God, and in him you have been made complete. Stop. It's like a dog chasing its tail. You've already got everything. You don't need another revelation. Uh, you just need to discover Jesus is the revelation of the Father. You know, when I was on my way over here today, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't praying. I was just saying, God, prepare me because I already know it's his will to heal. I wasn't trying to figure out his will. I love words of knowledge because it's a great way for the gift of the Spirit to go and activate faith of what God wants to do. And if you've got ministry students, we might do some words of knowledge here at the end. But so many people are waiting to hear their illness called out, and then maybe I'll believe a little bit more. I got a good friend. If I said his name, you guys would probably all know him. He makes up words of knowledge because he knows whatever he says, God wants to heal. I'm like, is that legal? <laughs> you work at Bethel. Is that legal? The mothership. <laughs> so we had these Hindus came over to our house one time. We were doing a newcomer's dessert, and there was this guy in our, uh, in our church. We call him Collarbone Chris. He had this collarbone that was all, like, broken and jacked, and it healed wrong. And he was going to test to be an armored truck driver with a shotgun, and he was in so much pain it wasn't happening. And so he prayed, and all the pain left his shoulder so he could test for it. But he, was, he just hated this deformity. And on his way home, snap, the bone snaps back into place. So praise God. So he tells his Hindu buddy about this because his Hindu buddy is getting ready to move to India, and they're going to do all this weird Hindu healer stuff. For like, it would take three, uh, three years for them to get healed, and they're getting ready to move. He's like, hey, why don't you come to this newcomer's dessert? You know, we told him some healing stories. So they come to our house, and just every newcomer's dessert's different. And this one, it was like everybody's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so got healed, and that's why I came. It was just like crazy healing testimonies. Like, they're not all like that. I, I, I'm not acting like our church is like that nonstop. But the, uh, so they're all sharing healing testimonies. And so this guy's hearing the good news. And so we, uh, we go to pray for him at the end. And he had tons of stuff wrong with his blood. And, and sometimes when people are getting a whole system cleansed, like, they feel like their blood's, like, like their whole body's on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, like their blood's boiling. And so and that was happening, and all of his allergies left, and his wife had a ton of issues, and they all left. And um, 
So they got completely healed there. Um, were these guys believers? Guys, it's a trick question. I didn't say were they Christians. I said were they believers? They heard good news. They asked for prayer. They were coming to Jesus expecting him to help. 18 times in the New Testament, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. He never said, my faith has made you well. Here's what faith was all 18 times. You guys ready for how beautiful this is? 18 times in the New Testament, uh, faith was, they came to Jesus expecting him to help. Guys, what if it's that simple? What if religion has tried to make this thing so complicated that you need all this? No, no, no. I just stay fascinated with him. Of course I'm. Just hear the, the words of Jesus to the leper. Of course I'm willing. Be made whole. We're not trying to earn it. We're not trying to deserve it. Jesus deserves it. Earning and deserving have no place in the New Testament vocabulary. It's all about believing and receiving. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. It's not as good as your rhyming declarations. Those were ridiculous. It's like, "Twas the night before Christmas. I'm like, this is amazing. This thing is just going on. <laughs> I'm about to hit a low here, so I think I'm going to have to close here. You know, I'm gonna, so I usually start off with, you know, uh, healing is not my idea, healing is God's idea. You know, I have you do the confession. And I usually end with the golf story. And so I think I'm going to end with the golf story here. It's just, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about with the golf story? Have you guys already heard this thing? All right, good. I go places, and they're like request stories. I'm like, like that's not how this thing works. Will you do the golf story? Will you do, like, the top drawer story with your dad? I'm like, that's not how this works. We don't do requests. My family's in town. Can you tell this story? I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's not how preaching works. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I grew up here in the Detroit area. I went to the University of Michigan. I never get that response in Columbus. I'm always like, listen, there will be a day where the lion lays down with the lamb and the buckeye lays down with the wolverine. They're like, I don't even know if I want that version of heaven. You know, it's like, it's just so weird. So I was pre-med at the University of Michigan. I went to the Dearborn campus. And, my, um, and, and so in order to get into medical school, I was pre-med. And in order to get into medical school, you have to have a recommendation letter from a doctor. And so uh, my lab partner, I got stories on him. His dad was a doctor. And uh, he, he worked for Cronk Gym and all those boxers and, you know, Tommy Hitman Hearns. I thought I was in Detroit here. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, so anyway, so he's a doctor there, and so my lab partner says, hey, can you, um, uh, you know, can you have, you can write a recommenda recommendation letter for Jim? And so he's, uh, the, um, the doctor's like, uh, I need to go play golf with him first. That'll help me get to know him. Well, here's what you need to know. Anyone who's ever seen me play golf has never accused me of being a golfer. Like, I'd maybe golf like five times and just hacked up the course and, you know, just, you know, just, it was just terrible. So we go to the Beverly Hills Golf Club, which in case you're wondering, It's nice. So I show up there, and I'll just call him Dr. Smith. I don't want to use his real name. And so uh, Dr. Smith, like, I show up, and he's like, where's your golf spikes? I'm like, well, I don't have any. He's like, oh. He's like, just go in the, go in the golf club, in the, in the clubhouse, and just get some spikes from somebody's locker and get out here. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, are you allowed to, like, just take somebody's spikes like that? So I go, and I, I take it. And I had never been in a, I'd never been in a, um, in a golf cart before because me and my friends, we always try to just do it real cheap, and so we carried our own golf clubs. And so we're in the golf cart, and I didn't, like, know how to put my bag in, right? So we take off, and my clubs go flying out the back. <laughs> Dr. Smith's looking at his son like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on here? 
And so the first hole is interesting. And so picture like a, ha a gallery, like a half moon of people, like a, like a semicircle of people, and they're all eating with their pinkies out, and they're watching you, um, they're watching us tee off. And so the tees go like this. It's like pro tees are the farthest from the hole, then you got the intermediate tees, and then you got the ladies tees, which are the closest. So we are teeing off from the, uh, the farthest tees, and so uh, um, uh, Dr. Smith hits, then his son, and then the third guy in our, in our foursome, he is uh, legally blind, he can only see to his toes. I'll get to him in a second, because he's having the game of his life. Baker's getting beat by the blind guy. It's like, uh. And so I'm, I'm just, this is honest to God, I'm just telling you how the story worked here. And so uh, first shot, whoo, swing and a miss. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, uh. Second shot, I do a 180 degree slice. It goes the direction my toes are pointing and literally almost hits somebody who's eating. And so Dr. Smith's like, do a mulligan. I'm like, mulligan, isn't that the guy with the skipper that were trying to get off the island? Like, a, oh, do over. Okay, so. Gilligan, are you guys okay? <laughs> All right. So the third shot is it, kind of like a topspin ping pong shot. So it has like a lot of topspin on it and it just sears across the grass and doesn't even make it to the ladies' tees. <laughs> so Dr. Smith's like, just pick up and hit with us. I'm like, oh my gosh. So by the time we get to hole 13, it was a very difficult hole and Arnold Palmer, is a, it's, it's a par five, Arnold Palmer had shot a 12 on this hole. Arnold Palmer, famous golfer, he, shots a, he shoots a 12. And so... Uh, by the time I'm, I'm, I made it to, uh, the, um, anyway, I lost every golf ball by this time, and I'm now borrowing golf balls from Dr. Smith. <laughs> totally humiliating. And so I, I get, I hack my way up to, you know, get close to the hole, and there's something called a chip shot. So it's just a gentle stroke back, follow through, pull with your left hand. You know, it's just a gentle loft, and it rolls towards the hole. What could go wrong? I mean, doesn't that sound easy here? And so um, here's what happens. So, uh, oh yeah, and, and this hole, the, uh, the blind guy, he didn't realize how steep it was, and he walks up the hill, and he doesn't realize how steep it is, and he rolled down. And then I'm like, like and then he's having a banner game, like the game of his life, and so I'm, they're just riding me this whole time. I'm like, God, I hate this game, like, just help me. And so, and so we're going to, uh, so I'm going to do my little chip shot, and so um, I went like this, I went chip, and I didn't follow through fast enough, so I went like this, chip, chip, I made a contact with it a second time. And I flung it backwards 25 yards, no lie. Which distance-wise was actually one of my better shots of the day, which was unfortunate. <laughs> Dr. Smith looks at me and he says, Baker, you had 10 strokes to my game just being around you. Okay? Want to know something interesting? Dr. Smith wrote me a glowing recommendation letter. You want to know why? Because the father's approval had nothing to do with my performance. It had everything to do with my relationship with his son. Yeah. Guys, when it comes to healing, when it comes to receiving the blessings of God, it has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with your relationship with the Son. I'm not saying we don't need to be good stewards, but our part is faith. And sometimes faith looks like giving. The only way you can exercise faith for finances is by giving, not by marching around your checkbook seven times and blowing a shofar over it. Or yelling, money cometh. I've seen these people like pulling these invisible divine slot machine handles. Money cometh. That's not how it works. Okay? And for healing, um, sometimes faith looks like speaking the word shoulder be healed. Sometimes it looks like sticking your hand on them. It just, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And if you don't hear anything, then just lay your hands on the sick and expect them to recover. In the name of Jesus. He said, speak to the mountain. He didn't say, talk to the mountain about God. 
shoulder. Uh, God, if, you, if it be thy will, heal this shoulder. Nobody's getting healed with that prayer. If you don't know what God's will is, you can never have faith. So we know what his will is every time because Jesus healed every person who came to him. It's always God's will to heal. He wants you well every single time. There is no purpose for your sickness. Well, this sickness is making me more like Jesus. Jesus wasn't sick. So, um, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to eat chocolate anymore. Guys, what if you, the pressure's off? What if you don't have to be good at healing? What if you just stay fascinated with him and you obey those simple things in scripture and you pray and things happen? And sometimes they happen the next day. We had a family that drove uh, their son who was born blind to our church. They drove him from Chicago to Columbus, Ohio. We prayed. We did everything we knew how to do. Nothing worked. And uh, we prayed, and uh, they drove back home. He wakes up the next day with 20-20 vision. Why did it happen? I don't know. I'm just so thankful of when it does. Well, healings are progressive, and miracles are instantaneous. I don't know about all that. I'll take them however they come. I prefer instantaneous. Does 99.9999% of Jesus' miracles seem to be instantaneous. So let's not make a theology out of the progressive, but we'll take them however they come. Okay, so don't despise it. Jesus prayed for a, while, a blind guy one time, two times, which means we get at least 37 because we're learning, okay? So don't be discouraged. The kindergarten was fun. We just don't want to stay there. Okay, we haven't had decades of just breakthroughs and healings and everybody knows how to do it and everybody believes it. We don't have that, okay? And so we need churches like this who are willing to take a month and go after the supernatural and have people who are willing to at birthday parties with their neighbors and say, oh, you got a bad shoulder? Hey, mind if I pray for you? Hope this doesn't sound crazy, but can I pray for you? In the name of Jesus, be healed. Check it out. Faith needs an activity. A lot of people don't chicken out and do, I'll be praying for you. You know, I had a friend who used to say, I'll be praying for you and that the fires of God would come upon you on your bed. I'm like, you big chicken. Like you got, there's nothing, you know, you're not going to see this person again on their bed. I'm like, man up. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Check it out. And if nothing happens, pray again. And if nothing happens, man, just encourage them. Hey, the ten lepers, as they went, they were healed. I'm going to be praying that something happens while you leave here. Okay? So there is no discouraging. There is no losing unless you give up. I mean, I can't even tell you how many miracles we've had happen as they left. I mean, we had a guy who went and prayed for a lady at a restaurant. She uh, had stage four cancer. He just felt like she was kind of highlighted, went and prayed for. She didn't feel anything in particular. She gets in her car. The presence of God comes on her. She figures out, like, I think he said he was from this church. We get a call um, about a week later. She went back to the doctor. Stage four cancer is completely healed. We had a, another family. Uh, the, the two kids, this family's crazy. They, uh, they're, like, in a good way. When I say crazy, it's a good thing. And so they... Uh, and the kids, they see this lady like, Mom, we feel like this lady needs prayer. And so they came up to her. And she was a school teacher. So she thought these were like some former students. And she's like, well, actually, I've got three cancerous tumors. And uh, so they pray for her. And they didn't really see much happen. And we get a phone call at the church. They leave a message on the machine. I think this family said they were from your church. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who this is. And um, uh, by the time she got home, all three tumors had dissolved. She went back to the doctor. No more cancer. How many of the people came back to Jesus and told them the miracle of the lepers? One out of ten. It's probably going to be your ratio. When you pray for people out in the community, outside the walls of the church, when you pray for them, you may not know all of them. What if you may not know till heaven? Is it still worth it? Is it worth a little bit of embarrassment? Is it worth a little bit? And so go after, I mean, don't start off with, 
you know, whatever you consider to be the hardest thing. It's not hard for God, but it's hard for our mindsets. It's still easier to get a neck ache healed than it is a dead person raised. Okay, and so it's not for God, but just like some people, they think they got to go for the most extreme. So I was, I was uh, in Texas last night, and this guy, he, first he wanted prayer for his gums. Then he's like, I want all new teeth, and I want them straight, and I want them whitened, and I want all the cavities filled. I'm like, how about we start with the gums? He just got them whitened or something like that, and they were sore. How about we start with the gums? You know what I'm saying? Like, like don't go nutsos. Like, just start and steward this thing. Just don't tolerate anything in your own body, okay? God's not against medicine. He's against being number two. Don't practice your faith in your kids by depriving them from medicine. If you want to withhold medicine from yourself, you're a big boy, you're a big girl, you can do that. Don't do that to your kids. Praying if something's not happened, get them to the doctor. Whether you're holistic or naturopath or regular doctor, I don't care. I'm just saying we're not one of those cults that says medicine is evil. Okay? Luke was a doctor. There was medical prescriptions in the Old Testament. It's okay. You still love me? All right, everybody stand up. Now take out your wallets. I'm kidding. That's terrible. It's like everybody's worst fear. Let me just speak this over you guys. So just, uh, just put your hand in your heart and just receive this. God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. I didn't really mean for you to repeat it. I was just going to say it over you. I said receive it, not repeat it. But you, you can do it. This is a free church. How can you pastor free people? It's a big mess. They do whatever they want. I love it. Let me speak this over you. And you receive it without repeating it. How's that? How that? <laughs> Unless you want to, I'm not going to stop you. All right. God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. He will not heal you because you're good. He'll heal you because of what Jesus did on the cross. You know what that means? It means you qualify. <laughs> he never made anybody, he healed people with spiritual issues. He never made them solve spiritual problems before they got healed. They came to him with their, with their whatever level of doubt and faith, unbelief, whatever they had. He healed people with little faith, no faith, great faith. They all got the same result, everything that they needed and more. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, why don't you guys, um, do you guys have a ministry team? Can we just get a couple words of knowledge here? Healing team, yeah, come on up here. And so um, let's, let's just get a couple words of knowledge and let's just go for it here. Um, one of the things I love is we are live streaming our services now. So if we give a word of knowledge and nobody responds, we can pretend like it's for the person watching in the audience. So we're, our people are getting like scary, bold, and specific now because it's like, oh, this must have been for the person in the living room. It's like, this is so beautiful. We can do whatever we want now. Oh, healing room teams. Yeah, healing room teams. Is there another mic? Maybe we can go down the thing. All right, well, I'll just give up this one here. And so uh, who wants to go first? You backing away? Okay, there we go. Hi. So I'm hearing that uh, somebody has an issue with the leg. Um, it's, uh, I don't know if it's arthritis or some kind of inflammation, but uh, it has to do with legs. And I'm also hearing that when it gets healed, you're going to be able to move like your arms sprained. Okay, so anybody, you're feeling that, uh, that maybe arthritis, okay, right there, awesome. Anybody else? Okay, great, we'll, we'll get you in just a second. Yeah, yeah, keep going, sir. I can't pronounce this, so I'll have you pronounce it that psychiatric, what do they call that thing in the Sciatica? Sciatica. Sci sciatic. Sciatic. Psychiatric. Nerve. Yes. 
Someone, uh, I feel someone has a, uh, yeah, that, that nerve, sciatic nerve. Pain in your back? Is anyone here? All right. Okay. Awesome. Let's keep going down here. Hey, guys, I want just, God is highlighting these things because he wants to heal them. Okay, so you don't even have to wait for prayer here. Believe and then receive. You're not waiting to see if you feel better. Remember, you didn't wait until you felt saved to get saved. You believed it, that it was true before you were ever born. Guys, he paid for this before you were ever born. He's not up there on a case-by-case basis deciding whether or not you're worthy. He already said whether you're worthy. He already said yes, he's waiting for you to believe. So as you're sitting there, I guess, God, this belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. If your condition gets called out in your heart, this belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. If your condition is not called out, what's your response? This belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. Okay, Mama. Um, I feel like someone has diabetes and it's out of control. It's not, it's, it's fluctuating up and down. Okay, so you're having difficulty leveling your sugars. Anybody? If you don't want to raise your hand, we can, we can uh, catch you afterwards. And you will not be having my chocolate. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess you could afterwards. You're healed. There we go. So. I actually had two of them. Um, the first one I got this morning, it's niece. And it's like a lot of pain, and it keeps you from being able to do things that you used to be able to do. So who's that? Knees. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it, yeah, keep it going. And the other one is you get severe migraine headaches. You, like, want to bang your head against the wall. It gets so bad. Does anyone have a migraine headache right now? Raise your hand. Anybody? Did the sound of my voice cause a migraine headache from anybody? <laughs> All right, that's a testimony right there. Thank you. So I'm feeling like somebody has, it's like an elbow. Somebody's either got a a lot of pain in their elbow. They're having, yeah, a lot of pain in their elbow. They can't like, does anybody have pain in their elbow? Pain in the elbow. Anybody? Yeah. All right. Awesome. I mean, not awesome. I mean, it's great that, (laughs) it's great that God's highlighting it. I mean, really, it is awesome that he's highlighting it. So, yeah. Uh, I was feeling like stomach issues, like uh, stomach problems that's been persistent for like a long time. Okay. Anyone? Persistent stomach problems? Anybody? Okay, thank you. In the back, the left side, like the rib cage, kind of. So are you seeing pain? Are you feeling pain back there? Is that what it's supposed pain, to be? Pain, yeah. So pain in the uh, left side, back yeah. by the rib cage. Anybody? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> so we, I think we got one or two more here. So we'll do this first round, and then if you if you didn't get called, we'll do you in the second round. So. A uh, gentleman with uh, prostate issues, either advancing or uh, imminent, or it seems like it's, it's getting worse. If you don't want to raise your hand for this one, we will, uh, you, you can just come up and we'll right. just maybe just share it in a small group. Right. And just, you know, for prostate issues, we do not do the laying on of hands. Okay, thank you. There's times when Jesus just sent the word, and that's all, that's all that's needed. Okay. That's how I know it was God, because I wouldn't have come up with That's that good. one. That's <laughs> good. So, uh, so check this out. We had this one girl. She came. Uh, she had um, hemorrhoids. And so, we, um, and so uh, she got prayer, and she went in the bathroom and checked it. So for the testimony, she came out three down, one to go. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So what are you going to do? Hey, is there a couple of people that want to just come and share what's happening? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When you share these testimonies, guys, Listen, do not golf clap the testimonies. Oh, you've had pain for years and it's better. 
Guys, testimonies, this is how we feed ourselves as Christians, okay? Hey, Mama. All right, so uh, let's do B.C. cross A.D. So what was happening before the prayer, and then what's happening now? No one prayed for me. I got healed when you were speaking, my shoulder. Okay, so what was going on with your shoulder? It's just been really tight, and I've had a lot of pain. It's been bothering me. And so what's happening now? Is there pain? Is there, is there got the movement back? Um, it just, like, started to relax, and there's barely any pain. So what happened? She heard good news, and she believed before she received. And so, praise God. Enjoy your shoulder. Thank you. Somebody else who wants to come up and share what's happening? All right. It's ladies' night tonight. This is great. All right, what's going on? Um, my back has been very sore since I had surgery, and it has not been getting better. It's been getting worse, and now it feels better. Quite a bit better, and then we uh, tested my legs to see if it needed lengthening, and it was moving in and out. That's fun. So that's great. So, um, is there still some stiffness? Or okay, let me just hit this. Stiffness is okay. What I want the pain to leave. What I find is if the pain leaves, they just need to stretch out. So don't worry about the stiffness. But if the pain leaves, that's the yay God, and you might just need to stretch. Okay. And so, do you have any pain? No. All right. Praise God. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, guys, that is awesome. Ladies night. Gentlemen, what's happening? Okay, what's going on? Uh, so my left back ribs, I'm pretty sure we're out. Okay. And it's been do you have kids? Yes. That'll do it. I do aerial as well, so I think it was partially. I don't know what that means. Aerial? Yeah, like, um, like silks, like Cirque du Soleil silks and oh like God. stuff. Yeah, so it's been hurting for like a week and a half, and I had everybody pray for me the other day, and God's been actually talking to me about this, so it was very timely. But yeah, he called it out, and I, they didn't even pray for me. Blake didn't have to pray for me. Just Yeah, so just hearing good news. So the faith was elicited by the word of knowledge, and you believed and then received, so thank you. Good job, Mama. <laughs> Gentlemen, what's going on here? The lionesses are arising. What's going on, Mama? Pain-free. Pain-free. I had it in my back and my sciatics. Yeah. Back in, back in sciatica. Yeah. I'm pain-free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So good. Guys, let this feed your heart. Okay, look what God is doing. This is, man, this, this is good. This is good. All right. I see, I see you. Hi, Mama. Hi, Steve. Yeah, my knee completely, it, it took me three times, but it's gone. I can get, actually get down to my knee. Beautiful. It's been like that for a very, very long time. It's been like it for a very, very long time. So thank you, Jesus. If you're there and you don't have your breakthrough, you're probably not going to get it until you can celebrate somebody else's. Okay? Sometimes God puts the miracle in somebody else and see if you'll have the heart to celebrate it. Speaking of celebrating. Yeah. So what's going on? So uh, a number of years ago, I tore. Oh, my gosh, he's got a radio voice. It's not a long story, I promise. Uh, a number of years ago, I tore something in my knee, and the last couple of years, it's been getting worse. Um, I would go to the gym and try to work on it to yeah. just build it up, and it just would hurt and hurt. And uh, praying over there, and, you know, my friend was praying over me, and, you know, I just kept kind of coming up and down and kind of squatting down and see. And, uh, the, Bi the Bible calls that faith. Yeah. I mean, really, you're, you're checking it out. You're expecting. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I, my knee has not felt this good in six or seven years. That's awesome. That's good. Let's, let's thank God for that radio voice, too. 
My gosh, that's an I wish I had your voice. All right. Mine sounds like Pee Wee Herman mixed with Gomer Pyle. I'm like, I kind of have like that deep. Anyway. All right, what's going on? About a year ago, I was, well, I was diagnosed with bulging disc in my C4 and C5, and it's not hurting. All right, so there was a lot of pain before. How, how long has the pain been going on? Uh, about a year, almost a year. Wow. Mm. So if on like a scale of 1 to 10, 10 is bad as you can imagine. What, was, like, what do you think your pain was before we prayed? It was about a 6, 7, something like that. And since you're a woman, that's probably like a 12 for us guys. So, all right. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jesus.